are the voyages of the starship Therapies. Its continuing mission to explore strange inner worlds, to seek out new insights and new realizations, to boldly go where no one has gone before. Spock. I'm just a little frustrated. I've been doing all these playful things and I still don't feel as bombastic as I feel like I should. Oh, well, sir, if you don't mind my saying... As though I could stop you. Yes, well, uh, when was the last time you had a proper meal or even a, a glass of water? Water? A captain has no need of hydration. I'm afraid that's just inaccurate, sir. The human body requires at least 2.4 liters of water per day. An extra liter if you're a Vulcan, which you are not. Spock, what have I said about using the metric system on my bridge? Don't. Damn right, don't. I don't care what Starfleet says. Intergalactically adopted decimal system of measurement, my ass. Oh, dear. Uh, here, sir, drink this eight-ounce glass of water, and let's do the intros. And, and, and I think it's time to have a, how do you say, Vulcan mind meld about your self-care. Fine. I'm Laura Sigarski, licensed marriage and family therapist, writer, researcher, and highly beleaguered first officer here on the Starship Therapies. <laughs> And I'm Justine Mastin, LMFT, yogini, writer, researcher, and captain of the Starship Therapies. Welcome aboard. Just a reminder to the listeners at home that just because we are therapists does not mean that we are your therapists, unless, of course, we are your therapists. This podcast is for the purposes of education and humor and is not intended to replace seeing your own therapist. Now, don't you feel better, sir? Well, I don't feel worse, so I suppose that's something. And what do you mean, when did I last eat a proper meal? That feels kind of judgy. Fair. Allow me to elaborate. When was the last time that you left the bridge and sat down to any kind of food and focused on only doing that? Not yelling at bones over calm while you stuffed an earth potato in your face without even really tasting it. Oh, damn, you're throwing shade. I must admit that after our last conversation, I returned to watching Riverdale and am attempting to harness the snark of one Cheryl Blossom. I like how she has a red jacket, but doesn't immediately die. Yes, I suppose that would feel novel. Mm -hmm. It did. In... <laughs> In any event, I suppose that it has been a great while since I ate a meal and really focused on only doing that. But what is this all about anyway? All I said was I wasn't feeling a tip-top braggadocio, and you want to know about my eating and drinking habits. Yes, I'm attempting to assess your self-care. Uh, yes. We all remember the self-care seminar from the Academy. Get regular alien massages and always keep your ready room stocked with sweet-smelling ungulants for said alien massages. Uh, sir, I do not think we attended the same self-care seminars. No? Hmm. In any event, most self-care is quite mundane or boring, to use an Earth colloquialism. Though I bet that Cheryl would say that with more panache than I just did. I'm sure she would. But I'm gleaning that you mean that self-care is what? Dull? Yes, exactly so, sir. Most self-care is really terribly boring. 
then why in the Sam hell would I want to do something boring? Please, Captain, there's no need to bring up Sam Winchester's time in hell. You know that upsets me very deeply. Apologies. That wasn't my intention. But all the same, why would I do boring things? I hate boring things. I am not boring. That is undeniable, sir. But doing boring things doesn't cause one to be boring. Really, doing these boring things helps you continue to be the swaggering, swashbuckling hero you're meant to be. I feel like I'm going to need more motivation than a promise of this will help you later. Like, what's in it for me right now? Aside from slating hunger and quenching thirst? Well, there's brushing your teeth. That feels really nice and fresh. And it gives you two full minutes to do your leg squats, sir, which I know is very important to you. Also, bathing feels lovely on human skin. So there's some sensory rewards here as well. Meh. Although I never miss leg day. Just like Batman. Just like Batman. Of course, sir... I've got to say, Spock, you are just not selling this. So let's say that it isn't boring. Let's say that doing squats while I brush my teeth is super fun, which fine, I don't hate that. But isn't this just self-indulgence? I mean, I'm the captain of a major starship command. There are more pressing items requiring my attention. You always seem to make time for massages, sir. Well, that's just Starfleet regulation. (sighs) Breathe, Spock. Breathe. Remember your training. I wonder, have you ever considered that self-care is a form of activism? Mm, Pardon? Well, sir, it's true that you are beloved on our ship, but there are enemies in corners of the galaxy who wish you ill intent. I'm sure they'd be thrilled to know that you aren't taking proper care of yourself. It might indicate a weakness that they could exploit. (gasps) Weakness? Never! I'm gonna go brush my teeth and do squats this instant! This is my fault. I did this. Sir, (laughs) let's try again. Perhaps it would be more helpful for me to quote a great Earth scholar, one Audre Lorde, who said, Caring for myself is not self-indulgence. It is self-preservation. And that is an act of political warfare. I note that Lorde was speaking to queer women of color with this comment. And my intention is not to appropriate her words, merely to be in admiration of their resonance. Whoa. That was... I know. So, in essence, I'm telling my would-be enemies to suck it by taking care of myself? That is not how I would have phrased it. But essentially, yes. Waking up every day and doing all the boring tasks that keep you in your best form is an act of disobedience against those who would prefer you stayed quiet and weak and unwell. Are, are you drinking another glass of water? Suck it, con. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I I drank some water. I can definitely go eat some food. Yes. Um, And I I get sleep. I leave the bridge and I go sleep. Mm -hmm. Uh, What what other stuff is important for self-care? Meaning making? Finding things that are meaningful? It's not where I thought you were going to go, but yes. Yes, it it is. Where were you going to go? Movement? Uh, I was actually thinking about something that I talked about recently in a session um, that had to do with the types of clothes that we put on our bodies. I just talked to a client about that too. Mind meld. Um, (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah. So, and I feel like this is like, this is in line with kind of boring self-care because what we, what we sort of are trying to sort of encapsulate when we're talking about boring self-care would be those things that are daily tasks that are part of our routine that we might not bring as much mindful attention to, but can actually have a big impact on how we're feeling during the day. So when I'm thinking about clothes and in this particular session, it sounds like it came up for you well, uh, as well, I'm thinking about pants, specifically the pants we put on to go out and do our professional work. Um, Because there are many pants that are made these days that look beautiful, right? Handsome, smart, chic, you know, pick the adjective that works for you. Um, but, But sitting or standing or moving for really any amount of time in these pants can be quite uncomfortable and sometimes even downright painful. Yeah. Uh, uh, the way it came up for my client was different. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we were discussing uh, clothing as identity. Ooh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how we, we get stuck in these ruts of dressing the way that society tells us to dress and kind of losing who we are, who we want to be, mm-hmm. and showing that um, through our style. Yeah, that's a great point. Mm-hmm. So not not necessarily related, but a bit related. I mean, it, actually. It, it's related. I think it's linked because it, it ha- it's this idea of looking at your clothes and, and what you are putting on your body as it is. It is not. It is an expression of self, but it also is very much socially constructed. Mm-hmm. Westworld construct. Mm-hmm. Yes, Westworld construct. So like what we think is okay to wear, what we think is professional to wear has all, I mean, it's all been created. I mean, who's really to say that uh, khakis are more professional than kilts? Uh, zero people. Zero people. Everyone should wear kilts. Absolutely. Especially long-haired men. Um... <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's continue this conversation later. <laughs> Uh, if you have not friends at home if you have not given yourself the gift mm-hmm. of watching Jensen Ackles yes. in the the majesty of <laughs> his cinematic debut mm-hmm. Pen Inch Hero that allow us to favor. encourage you <laughs> to yes do yourself the solid favor and watch it preferably with a friend um i watched it for the first time with the captain and it was truly incredible but bringing us all the way back around um when thinking about clothes and self-care and activism we can start to challenge um the status quo by maybe mixing up what we're putting on our bodies um and is perhaps if we're feeling like we need um, to feel inspired or empowered that may Im- that may impact what we are putting on um, on the converse or like on the flip side rather if we're maybe really just struggling maybe we get out of bed and we're feeling tired we're feeling overwhelmed perhaps we got the buzzfeed notification about another mass shooting um, but these are the kinds of things that can really start to wear on our mental and emotional health. And that might not be the day to put on an outfit that is going to feel uncomfortable, constricting, painful. Maybe we want to give ourselves the gift of wearing something that we not only feel confident in, but that we can also feel comfortable in, because that would be a way to actualize 
being gentler with ourselves, which I think is an important part of kind of more daily or maybe more boring self-care too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. And when we think of folks that have a more uh, fluid gender expression, mm-hmm. I mean, thinking about where where are you at today and what what are the clothes that speak to where you're at in this moment? Right. If, you know, if, if a dress feels more authentic today, wear that. Mm-hmm. If, if pants feel more authentic today, wear those. Um, I, I sometimes are, I sometimes are. <laughs> you sometimes Better. are. Sure. It's true, <laughs> sir. You are a fan of, the, you are a fan of the letter R in all its forms. <laughs> I am sometimes a pirate and that helps me feel better. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, I, I am a cisgender woman, but I, there are some days when um, dressing in a more masculine or more butch manner feels more authentic to me. Mm-hmm. And sometimes dressing in a more, you know, feminine affect feels more authentic to me. And it really it does. It impacts your mood throughout the day. It's true. And this is kind of a side note, but I feel like it's important to name it that um, I think for for some of our listeners out there, there is an awareness of moving cross-culturally amongst different social groups. Mm -hmm. And that sometimes, depending on what social group you're in, it might feel unsafe, potentially dangerous to be wearing um, a dress or pants or nail polish, whatever speaks to you as a person and feels authentic to your self-expression, that it it feels unsafe to do that in maybe a particular social group. And there may be days when you feel like, you know what, I want to, I want to, I want to take on that issue today. I want to fight that fight. I want to use this as an opportunity to be the cultural change I want to see in the world. And there also might be days where you get up and you're like, I cannot handle Harry in the break room asking me for the thousandth time why I've decided to paint my nails teal. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. That's okay too. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I'm glad you named that because mm-hmm. you're absolutely right. When we're talking about self-care as activism, we're, we're talking about micro activism, these, these tiny mm-hmm. bits of activism, as opposed to macro activism, which is, you know, going on marches or signing petitions mm-hmm. or, um, or like running for and, office, those kinds of things. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And even doing micro activism, we can, we can get kind of burn out on it. We can. Because it is, it's, it's emotionally taxing. Mm-hmm. And what I, what I tell folks, um, because I, I work with lots of folks that do some sort of microactivism, um, whether I've invited them to do it as self-care or this is just part of how they walk through the world. Uh, we talk about how it's it's okay to take breaks. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you're allowed to take a step back and say, I, I just need to rest today. And saying suck it to con is not <laughs> enough uh for me to feel like this is caring for myself in this moment mm-hmm. this feels this feels too hard this feels more like work than it is filling me up right and i need a break mm-hmm. yeah you're absolutely allowed to take that and other people are going to step up and they're going to be fighting their micro activism fights mm-hmm. and 
we all do that together so that it it allows it to be like ocean waves coming in and going out as as you are taking a break mm-hmm. someone else's wave is coming in and in that way we're we're still being socially and politically active even if today that means you know what i i can't i can't do the nail polish i can't take harry in the break room today right um someone else is stepping up and taking on their harry in their break room today oh and you know what this makes me think of this makes me think of um a story that you and i tell each other a lot which is oh, I can't wait to hear which one I know I know because gonna... there's a lot of them but the one that I'm thinking of right now is Lord of the Rings right mm-hmm. and I'm thinking about Frodo and how he carries the ring mm-hmm. oh my god and I now I'm oh this is are you gonna get weepy I'm totally gonna get weepy Dude. oh yep I'm gonna take my glasses off and I'm gonna take a minute Mm-hmm. Well, we we chose a really resonant topic today. <laughs> yes, we did. Yes, we did. So, why do we talk about Frodo and the Ring a lot? You and I, we talk about Frodo and the Ring a lot because it is a really hard time to be a compassionate, awake human right now in our world. Um, mm. and because it can, because we kind of feel like, um. Maybe because we feel like our values and our beliefs and our ways of being are kind of being attacked on all sides, it can start to feel like perhaps I am alone. Perhaps I am Mm -hmm. the only one who can carry this burden. Perhaps I'm the only person who is participating in microactivism. And if I don't do it today, then it's not being done. And if it doesn't get done, then what is going to happen? And that is Mm -hmm. why... We, I know you and I, we go back to that idea of Frodo and Sam, because even though Frodo is the only one who was carrying the physical ring, he was mm-hmm. not doing it alone. Um, sometimes he had like the whole fellowship supporting him and helping him, taking turns, moving things forward, inspiring each other, feeling hopeful again. And then there's, of course, the scene that makes me cry every time. So I'm not going to try and say it, but I'm going to see do if you, do you want me to do I'm it. I'm going to see if you can do it. <laughs> So Sam says, come, Mr. Frodo, I can't carry it for you, but I can carry you. And yep, yep, that's that'll that'll make the waterworks go. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) But I but I also do think it's very resonant the moment with Frodo and Gandalf. It is when Mm -hmm. when he when Frodo says, I I wish the ring had never come to me. And Gandalf says, so do all who live to see such times. Mm -hmm. And we're all living in such times. We are. And so we, we each have, we each have our own rings that we're carrying Mm -hmm. and who are our Samwise Gamgees and who are our Legolases and our, (laughs) and our Aragorns. You know, who are, who's, who's in your fellowship? Right. Because as we're talking about self-care, I mean, one of the hugest parts of self-care that we don't talk about, mm-hmm. we talk about the commodification of self-care. We talk about, you know, the, the joke that uh, we were making in the beginning when I'm talking about getting my alien massage. Right, exactly. 
which there's nothing wrong with, no, with getting a nice massage. There's nothing wrong with a nice massage. There's nothing wrong with like bath oils and exfoliation scrubs and like getting your hair done or your nails done. But this mm-hmm. idea that the only way to engage in self-care has to be through some type of commerce mm-hmm. is perhaps a symptom of the late stage capitalist society in which we find ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that really we can get a lot of those needs met by reaching out to other human beings yes. and asking for support. And the the reason that Larissa and I have had these conversations so many times is because we reach out to each other and ask for support. We sure do. In between binge watching uh, Riverdale episodes, of course, <laughs> <laughs> because I need to work on my Cheryl Blossom sass. <laughs> As you can all tell today, it's, it's not quite there. Um, but, you know practice makes perfect or something like that <laughs> or something um other stuff we want um, to say before we wrap up i do want to put out there that sometimes um i would say maybe not sometimes but i think i feel like more and more frequently um in my work with folks we are talking about both microaggressions and microactivism and something that i feel like comes up often with microactivism but very rarely when we're talking about microaggressions is this fear that well but because it is micro that means that it is small in both value and worth oh right oh friend yes mm-hmm no, I would just, it takes me right back to my, my waves analogy. Yeah. I mean, a, a single grain of sand is tiny, but billions of grains of sand is the fucking earth. Like yeah. this, yeah, I get it. Um, but someone much wiser than me once said, um, if you think one, one person can't make a difference, or some, if you think something so small can't make a difference, uh, try sleeping with a mosquito in the room. That is great. That, I love that story. <laughs> because really, like... Oh, it drives you batty. It, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It is It is weensy, mm-hmm. and it is maddening. It is. So, it can keep you up friends, all night long. I, friends at home, I, I welcome you to be a mosquito. hashtag mosquitoes rise (laughs) i wondered if you were going there and boy you did (laughs) were uh were there other aspects of people feeling small that you wanted to speak to or did i just tromp all over them with my quirkiness i feel like you did a great job with your quirkiness i mean the only other thing that kind of comes to mind for me that i I sometimes like to flip around because it's really organic and simple is that if we're worried about you know is is my microactivism not big enough we think about okay well let's that microaggression that we've been talking about maybe for the last couple of weeks or that we've now been talking about for most of the hour i mean did that feel small Mm. and usually the answer is no it did not feel small Mm-hmm. Um, and so neither is the microactivism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, the, the greatest act of microactivism that any one of us can do is vote yes. and you get the opportunity. Mm-hmm. This, this is, this is going to air the, the week before election day. 
So if you're listening to it afterwards, I hope that you voted. Um, if you're listening to it beforehand, please, 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 for your own self-care and the self-care of everyone that, uh, that you give a shit about, go to the polls, vote, be that piece of sand that creates the whole world. Well said. Well said, sir. Um, and to just because we love mixing fandom metaphors here, so say we all. <laughs> oh. I wish the ring had never come to me. I wish none of this had happened. And Gandalf says, so do all who live to see such times, but that is not for them to decide. All we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given to us. There are other forces at work in this world, Frodo, besides the will of evil. Mm, I love it. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, mm-hmm. we, we started on such a happy note. We did. Not that we're ending on a... Not that we're ending on a sad note, but we're definitely ending on a contemplative note. Right, somber. Um, mm-hmm. But perhaps this is what, you know, daily acts of self-care can do for you. That it allows you to rejuvenate, feel better, so you can go out and face those moments of microactivism and meet them full on. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You, you like no, viewers at home you can't see this but as i was saying that the captain had her very best captain look on her face and was just like looking off into the distance and nodding and being like yes yes that is true i will find khan and i will crush him i will drink another eight ounce glass of water and I will eat an earth potato and I will crush him after I brush my teeth and do my leg squats, which fun fact, that's a true story. Oh, it is. I do my squats while I brush my teeth. Because what else are you going to do? What else are you going to do? It's two minutes. What else? Um, It's occurring to me that perhaps we should discuss Khan at a later episode because there's nuance there um, Mm -hmm. in relationship to said, said crushing. Um, so we're not going to do that right now, dear listeners. I'm just naming that and putting it out there, um, to name the nuance and we'll, we'll do that later. What I am going to say right now are going to be the terms that you can use when you're hopping on the Google because you want to find out more. Um, so self-care is going to be on there. Audra Lord is going to be on there. She really did fabulous work, um, during the mm. 1960s. And I feel like many, like much of it is so prescient right now, um, so if you feel like looking up some badass activist, look up Audra. Mm-hmm. Um, microaggression and microactivism would be those terms that would round us out, I think. We may be at the helm of this ship, but we know who really keeps us running. Thank you to Ensign Kyle Rebar, who composed our theme song. Thank you to Lieutenant Catherine Mandicat Duthy, who designed our beautiful cover art. And finally, thank you to our fabulous producer, Lieutenant Commander Brian Therens. You are just an amazing fucking human, and we think your nails are fabulous. Tune in for our next ep on The Trilogy Begins, Gremlins 2, How the Holidays Can Tear Us Apart. And be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And the best way you can support our podcast is to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. And be sure to tell your friends. And as always, friends, live live long and and prosper. prosper.